Now, it would seem there are more festivals in Ireland these days than there are days in the year. Each one bringing something different. Uh, my guest this morning is keen to talk about the benefits of a relatively new one, which combats, I would say, what we'd say, festival fatigue, maybe. maybe. Um, it's taking place in Waterford. Good morning, Dr. Mark Rowe. How are you? I'm wonderful, Brendan, and thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much for coming in. Now, this I don't want to throw away this, the name of this festival because it's absolutely brilliant. It is. It, it's called Restival Festival. And, you know, it, it does what it says on the tin. You know, Restival, it's really an opportunity for people to learn how to embrace mindful presence in a natural environment. You know, I'm, I'm from Waterford. I'm very proud of the place I come from, Brendan. Yes. And the Mount Congreve Gardens. And that's the location for this that's festival. That's the location for the festival. It's a beautiful place. It's about 70 acres of magnolias and camellias and rhododendrons and lovely walks that have all been lovingly restored by. So let's get the maths out of the way. So the rest yeah. of the festival is an annual wellness event and its third year has taken place just to say, to let so people know and we don't forget to say it, the 19th, Saturday the 19th to Sunday the 20th of August from 7am to 3pm in Mount Congreve Gardens, County Waterford. That's right. Yeah. That's so that, it. That's and there'll that's be a number of talks and there'll be different things going on including forest therapy that I'll be so, so tell me, you, you just beautifully described the location. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. They've had a big makeover, seven million being put into it. A great investment. And I think one of the best investments we can do in Ireland is invest in our own communities, invest in our own natural resources and make good things even better. And and because I'm going to move on to your your lifestyle type of, of, med, of, medic, of, of medical practice soon. But just so people get a sense of it's guided yoga, meditation, Pilates and, and it's adults only. Well, I think that's kind of self-evident in that the type of talks and the type of experiences that will be there that weekend really require somebody that has a certain level of maturity. So I would think you would need to be 18 plus to be able to really, probably you need to be older, you probably need to be in your late 20s or 30s to be able to really embrace it and take it on, take it in. Now, I know Mount Congreve is very family friendly and they have a lot of family friendly activities there. They have play areas specially designed for kids that I think will be open even on those days after those hours. So it is very much inclusive, but I think for the rest of the festival itself, I think it is. I think, Brendan, in life, you know, as we do mature, we do see things differently and we become more reflective and we we do appreciate how important it is to recharge from stress. I, I completely agree. And I'm, I'm getting a sense that actually making it adults only is giving us a window to just you know, do mm. self care, self love, and and not have to put other people's masks on. <laughs> you know, you know the, the the famous line: "Put your own mask on first. So, giving people space to really spend time with themselves as part of this festival. I see um, there's other people that people will, names will, people will recognise as well. Is Carl Henry, the TV presenter? He's going to do talks there, and Mary Kennedy, friend of the show, and oh, uh, a wonderful person, and and as a runner as well, uh, will be there. So there's lots going on over the weekend. Now you describe yourself as a lifestyle GP. Instantly, I'm 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 attracted to that notion. So tell people what that means. Well, I suppose Brendan, you know, the oldest doctors really were philosophers. I mean, if you think back to Socrates, who said, "Know yourself." And, you know, Hippocrates, getting back to your number of steps per day. And what I would say to you is every <laughs> single step counts. <laughs> and, you know, there's no just be good to yourself. And, you know, the more, the better. Um, and Hippocrates also said, if you're in a bad mood, go for a walk. 
if you're still in a bad mood, go for another walk. So <laughs> these really old ideas that, you know, we can move upstream and we can look at how we can prevent many of these chronic health conditions like di- type 2 diabetes and heart disease. We now know that positive lifestyle changes can prevent perhaps up to 80% or more of, of cases of heart disease. And lifestyle medicine is really all about the six pillars. Food as medicine, restorative sleep, exercise and movement, recharging from stress, avoiding obviously noxious substances and perhaps most importantly of all, building rich restorative relationships. The Harvard Study of Adult Development, a brilliant ongoing study since the 1930s, has shown that the leading indicator of long-term well-being for us, Brendan, is the quality of our interpersonal relationships. Really? And particularly since COVID. You know, I think the real pandemic has been the pandemic of loneliness and disconnection and isolation that I've seen with so many people, not just yeah. our elderly, but, but young people as well, have never felt more disconnected in the world, despite all the social media, they've never felt more isolated. Well, lifestyle medicine is this really new old idea of prevention better than cure, of, of less pills. Modern medicine can be fantastic. Of course, we need antibiotics for meningitis or pneumonia. Of course, we need blood thinners for, for, for clots. And medicine can be fantastic, but it's not the only answer. And we need to bring in all of these other ideas for which there's a, a huge evidence base. I got the opportunity to go to Harvard in 2017 and was part of the first cohort to study in this new term called lifestyle medicine. And that led on to me going to uh, the first global happiness summit in Austin, Texas. I got an opportunity to go to Stanford, but now it's more widely available. Now there's many Irish doctors qualifying in lifestyle medicine. It's available in Britain. It's it's a new global movement because increasingly people are, are recognizing that we need more than simply the pill for every ill. We need to move beyond that. And as I say, rather than Brendan being simply a passive consumer of healthcare, become more of an active participant in your own well-being. You cycle to work this morning. Well, you're listening. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you're you. You're getting exercise. I'm very pleased. <laughs> exercise is medicine. Movement is medicine. It's, it's not about being perfect. It's not about a cookbook uh, list of things that you must do. We're all different. Back to Socrates, know yourself. Learn to know yourself well enough to know what suits you best. And, and this is in conjunction with medicine as well. Of course. Of course. Yeah, it's yeah. not either or. It's the best of both and. Very good. And you know, Brendan, you know, back in 2009, I mean, you know, some of your listeners may not remember this, but there will be a lot that will. We had a terrible economic crash in Ireland and really there were so many yeah. people that were really struggling. Yeah. And were under huge um, financial distress at the time. And I was there as a GP, as were many of my colleagues around the country, trying to figure out how to help people. And more than pills or Prozac, People needed other solutions. And at the time, talk therapy, and I would say to anybody, Brendan, if you're struggling, go out and talk to somebody. And professional therapy can be fantastic. But that wasn't widely available. And anyway, you had to pay for it at the time. So I, I started to look back, you know, look back at the, at the, at the wisdom ideas from, that have gone before, um, the benefits of keeping a written journal, how reframing your experiences they call this post-traumatic growth. It, can, it doesn't magic things away, but it gives you an opportunity to develop a new sense of purpose, a new sense of meaning, a new sense of perspective as to what's going on. Yeah. Looking at optimism. I mean, there's amazing research now that shows that if you can learn skills to become more optimistic, yeah. 
you can reduce your risk of heart disease by about 35%. That's the Journal of the American Medical Association. And probably the reason I'm here this morning, getting out in the natural environment, getting out and spending time in nature, it's a wonderful way to recharge from stress, boost mood, motivation, resilience, lower stress hormone levels and boost your vigour and vitality. You mentioned that you heard me talk about the blue zones yesterday, yeah. which is where they have <laughs> the highest density of people who live past 100. And I stumbled across that. I was in a carrier in Greece on a holiday and I was sitting having a coffee and a woman came down right to the edge of the sea to, to a bay, you know, so there's a wall. Mm. And she was in her 70s, very fit looking woman, but, you know, she got out of the driver's seat and then she took a woman who was easily 95 and put her in a wheelchair and then she came to the edge and she put these huge metre long flippers on the on the older woman and spilled her into the sea and she wow. took off like a mermaid into the sea. I was like, what's going on here? And then I discovered that it's the healthiest older people, oldest people in the world. And what you just said really stayed with me. The big part of that was community. Mm. At night when you're in the Mediterranean, you see old people out with younger mm. people enjoying the community. And And do you think we've lost a sense of that? I think we have. I think Ireland was very much known for, you know, its village mentality and that sense of weeness and that sense of togetherness. And but I think awareness precedes change. So the fact that we're even talking about it this morning is 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 a new opportunity to become more aware of the importance to rebuild community. And that's the thing. As a country, we're only 100 years old. We can rebuild a better Ireland going forward. So nothing's ever static. Everything can change. So if you're doing your, you know, your 4,000 steps a day you don't need to do the 10,000 <laughs> and if you're you know sleeping well and you're you're managing your your nutrition I like to and I love what you said here you said that uh, Cicero's idea was that we all need to become our doctors to ourselves yes uh, somebody said to me once when you're picking up food think of it like medicine think of it mm. like is this nourishing me is this good for me you know and it does make you change how you you know you, you eat food even is really important doesn't it it really does. And you know what, Brendan, it's all about small positive changes. Too much of the messaging around food is don't eat this, don't eat that. Whereas I would really encourage people to be kinder to themselves, to be more self-compassionate. None of us are perfect. And to see what are the small, simple little ways you can take better care of yourself. It might be bringing more colour into your diet. Choosing to eat more berries, more fruit, more beetroot. So you literally mean just more colourful. Yeah. Wow. Okay. They talk, they talk about this idea of eating a rainbow in colour every day. Within that rainbow of beetroot to red pepper might be 100,000 health boosting phytochemicals. These are sort of micronutrients that boost the microbiome in your gut, that boost your health and well-being. So what are the small little ways you can take better care of yourself? And it's all about starting. Uh, loads of texts coming in about community and I, I think it really for me it triggers something as well my my mother was getting on and I felt she was being a bit she was a bit isolated even though she was in the house where we grew up it, it, she was kind of mm. on her own a lot we felt somebody texts in here uh, your lifestyle GP is correct I lost everyone except my son uh, a niece, cousin and one friend because of the pandemic I lost my ability to socialise mm. and work on establishing new connections I'm in my 50s like what would you say to that person? I would say go and get some professional help. I would say loneliness is the most terrible poverty. Mother Teresa said that, but it's so, so true. Mm. And ironically, and that lady has articulated it so well, she recognises that she's lonely and disconnected, but it can be so hard to, to do something about it because they've shown through research, you develop this, what's called hypervigilance 
to, to, to social threat. So you, you feel more nervous about being with people, even wow. though you are lonely. So it's kind of paradoxical in a way. But, you know, loneliness has a lot of really adverse health um, consequences can I long term. You? you can. Well, connection or lack thereof is such an issue. Mm. I had my first and only baby during COVID. The loneliness and isolation is the most devastating thing. We've lost our villages and our support networks. I know for me, this texture says, I have never felt lonelier in my life. Uh-huh. Our communities are smaller than they have ever been. I, I, I feel this from people a lot, actually. Mm, and I see it too as a doctor, you know, people of all ages that are really, that are really struggling. And it's ironic that people in their 20s yeah. are experiencing loneliness, but they are. And what could, like, so what can we say to this, this texter here to start to, to reach out? I mean, sometimes I, I in my experience, what, what's worked for people is, is to maybe join a class, find something you're interested in, yeah. whether it's um, whether it's yoga or, or whether it's Zumba dancing or, you know, the men's sheds or the gardening. You know um, what, the men's so many are different fantastic, things. aren't they? Well, they're just a great example of possibility. Yeah. Uh, I think find something you're interested in. Try and get somebody who who will go with you. And, um, you know, it's it takes courage, I suppose, to kind of get out of that comfort zone. Yeah. I suppose and stretch yourself a bit. Don't be afraid to, to put yourself first if mm. you are feeling like yeah. that and consider what your needs are. Mm. Now, are people surprised or, or delighted when they see that you're in the wellness space as a GP? How do they react to you? Well... I think it's a really natural part of being a doctor, to be quite honest. I mean, the World Health Organization said many years ago, health is not simply the absence of disease. It's a state of complete physical, mental and relational well-being. So it's the most natural thing in the world, as far as I'm concerned, for a medical doctor to be talking about health. And that's really what well-being is. It's an extension of health. And what I do notice from, you know, from the talks I gave or whatever is that People do like the fact that I'm a medical doctor and they value authenticity. People are very, very smart, Brendan, and people are people are really more interested in well, what do you do yourself? Do you exercise well, yourself? Ask you. Yeah. Oh, I think what do you do? The, yeah. Because they're much more interested in what you do because really actions do speak louder than words. That's fascinating. And I it? find that absolutely fascinating. The opportunity uh, in healthcare, whether you're a doctor or whether you're a nurse, to lead by example. Wow. What do uh, you do? <laughs> well, I, I do lots of things. I mean, I, I, I play tennis and I do, I do strength training because strength, being strong is, is very important. My wife and I do yoga now. I love long walks, obviously in nature. Um, I mean, that Mount Congre became my creative laboratory, really, I suppose, dur- during lockdown. But what I did, and I'll just tell you this story, Brandon, is really interesting. Because of this idea of action speaking louder than words, I brought a dumbbell into my office about three <laughs> months ago and I have it under the desk. <laughs> Love it. And because it's just there as kind of a prop, just as a reminder, and it does as spark many conversation. Are. Yes. And let me tell you this conversation. This guy, obviously, I won't mention his name, came in to me a couple of months ago. He um, he came in for his, to have his driver's license renewed, and as I was filling in the form, he saw the uh, dumbbell under the desk. He put one hand on the desk, lifted <laughs> up the dumbbell, and did a set of fifteen, counting them out loud. Put the dumbbell down. It was a fifteen kg dumbbell. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The man is 83 years of age wow. and he said, great to see you getting into the weight stock. I've been doing them for years. <laughs> Couldn't on. recommend them highly enough. Yeah. And that was just brilliant. Yeah. And for me, that's lifestyle medicine in action. People taking ownership of their own health journey 
and making those changes that make things better. I, I know certainly from my own family, there's a fear of lifting weights mm. in my sisters who would be in their 50s now. What's that fear? How can we get people well, into the gym lifting weights? It's interesting. It's really good, isn't it? It, it? it is. It's massively good. I mean, I was reading recently about this woman in Sydney. She's 97 years of age. She <laughs> lives on her own, does her own shopping, her own cooking. And she was being interviewed and she really put it down to her, her strength habit. Wow. And there's a there's a saying I use, be stronger to live longer. But really, it's a blind spot for so many of us. It is, yeah. Because we kind of equate strength training with the rugby players or the the people that are really into the gym. Uh, but actually, from our 40s onwards, Brendan, we are losing lean muscle mass, maybe 7 to 10% each decade. I, I've heard this before. Terrifying. And Go that on. can weaken your bones as well, which is really important for women, particularly uh, when they get into their 50s and so on. So, you know, uh, being stronger, uh, you know, strengthens your bones, reverses that muscle loss you can get. So that builds your posture, your balance, boosts your metabolism. So it's a great way to support more positive mental health and recharge from stress. There's so many benefits to so, it. Uh, uh, movement's important. Community's important. Just just uh, on community, somebody just sent in a quite positive text. All my relationships seem to die off post-COVID. I think there's a, there was a general clearing of relationships, wasn't there, post-COVID? Mm. I, I've heard this a lot as well. I've joined volunteer groups and even though I didn't expect deep friendships, it keeps my brain fresh to have different conversations. That's a great idea, isn't it? Volunteering is massive yeah. and it's incredible that the, the well-being benefits in volunteering are immense because you're giving of yourself and, and, and kindness and in its most wide application giving in terms of volunteering it's a wonderful way to help others build relationships build community and it's a great way for you to build your sense of connection and have have a common purpose together yeah a common purpose is massive i mean in the blue zones brendan you know having a strong sense of purpose in um in in japan in okinawa they have a term called ikigai and ikigai is that sense of inner purpose knowing that who you are and what you do matters that you're making a difference. Just on community here again. Brendan, I live in Coolgreeny, Wexford, the most gorgeous village. There's so much social activity in this little beautiful place and old and young mix. As your guest says, it's really about pulling community together. Eleanor, thank you. I agree. I've noticed a trend as well post-COVID. Full disclosure, I'm moving to Wicklow. <laughs> I, I'm moving okay. to the town to my sister, to be near my sister. Lovely. Eventually, hopefully, mm. if it all works out. But uh, cities sort of, I, I, I saw people, young families popping up in little towns where community is easier to access. So I think we're, there's an awareness about the importance of community as we age, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. And I think what's happening is that life has become very busy. Yeah. And people are becoming very stressed. And they're rushing and racing to try and stay still. And I think COVID was a reset. COVID has given people an opportunity to pause and to think about really what matters and how do I want to be in my own life going forward? How do I want to be in my own space? And again, getting back to nature, that's one of the wonderful things so that get, forest therapy can do is that it can really brilliant, give you a beautiful segue for me because I've never done it. I, I don't think I've done it. But you're talking about getting back to nature, forest therapy and forest bathing. Now, I'm going to ask the question I think most people want to know. Do you get into a bath in the forest? No. No, okay. No. So, what, what, what? It's a Japanese term called uh, Shinrin-yoku. Um, which is Japanese for, for it's actually Japanese for forest bath, but it's bathing in the in the sense of bathing your senses, yeah, your sight, your 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 sound, your your sense of smell, your sense of texture. So it's just being there, being fully present. As I say, disconnecting from the busyness of everyday life to reconnect with the essence of who you are. There's a term in Japan 
called Kuroshi, Brendan, which, yes. which really means death and overwork. Really? And the Japanese are legendary at it. So this brilliant doctor, King Lee, he took these Japanese businessmen off into the woods and he noticed they felt better. So then he went a step further. He measured their cortisol levels. That's a stress hormone, their blood pressure before and after. And he found cortisol levels went down 12%. Blood pressure went down and feelings of vigour and vitality went up. So simply getting into the nature. Simply getting into nature. I mean, that's something we can all do pretty much. Hopefully. It's such an incredibly simple idea and the best ideas probably are the simplest. And it's really this idea that the environments we spend our time in are important and really they can all be health enhancing or health depleting. And one of the most amazing environments to spend some time in is nature. Yeah. Because you've got all the sounds of birdsong, uh, the wind rustling through the leaves. You've got the sights. They call it these fractal patterns, these asymmetrical designs on, on clouds and on leaves and on tree branches. And the back of our eye, which is called the retina, is hardwired to pick up on these fractal patterns. And it de- denotes safety. Wow. Calm. It dampens the stress response. And then you start inhaling all these fighting so sights. I take the dog up to the Phoenix Park all the time. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm here for you. Give me your top three tips for clearing your head when you're out in nature and, and engaging property and forest bathing. If, if something someone could do today. Oh, I would say, um, well, firstly, be fully present. Turn off your phone or at least put it on silent. Um, set a little intention um, as, as you go into as you go into nature. Uh, a little reminder of who you are, uh, how far you've come in your life, um, that you're still here and and breathe. You know, breathing is such a powerful idea, it's such a simple tool to just inhale slowly and steadily, deeply through the through your nose, expand out your lungs, take a tiny pause and exhale out. And as you're exhaling out, Brendan, breathe out any tension or any stress or any feelings of irritability. And then I would say, become the noticer of what you notice. Notice what's around you. Notice what you're hearing. Notice what you're seeing. Notice what you're smelling. Mm -hmm. And at the end, uh, a little gratitude practice. Just to say thank you. Lovely. And speaking of thank you. Hi, Brendan. It's wonderful to hear that GP speaking about maintaining good health naturally instead of a pill for every ill. Thanks, Moira. Uh, Dr. Mark Rowe, your voice is divine. I could listen to you all day. Thank you so Uh, much. Restival Festival is on in Congreve Gardens, County Waterford from the 19th to the 20th of August and tickets are available at congregardens.com. And Brendan, that weekend may or may not suit you, but if you'd ever like to come down and do a a forest therapy experience, I'd be delighted to bring you around and let you experience it for yourself. I have a vision of you walking into the forest saying, no, Brendan, put your clothes on. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it was wonderful to chat to you. Thank you so much. And have a a great restival festival.